Hello, and welcome back to Eco Chic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura Diaz, and I am really happy to have you today. Today, we are talking about pets. I'm really, really excited about this topic because I'm an animal person, and I know a lot of you guys are too. So I'm excited because a few weeks ago, I shared on Instagram that I was hoping to do an episode about pets and sustainability and other topics like that. And I got a whole bunch of feedback from y'all on your favorite tips and tricks when it comes to leading a healthier, more sustainable life for your cats and dogs. So I am going to be like sprinkling in some of y'all's tips throughout today's little episode. But I also want to preface that a lot of this information is primarily about dogs. So not about cats, birds, reptiles, anything else. But I do hope that the information is applicable to parents of all animals. There is a lot of really good information that kind of just encourages you, of course, to just research your particular animal, as I'm sure you've already done. But we're going to just talk about some broader concepts to think about when you're making decisions for your pet. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super, super easy. You can do it right here on the app. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about the obvious one. Let's talk about poop. We're going to be talking about poop today. We are going to talk first about biodegradable bags for your dog poop. I'm really interested in this particular point of conversation because it seems like biodegradable bags or green bags are such an easy way for people to feel like they're doing a good thing for the planet. So I looked into this a little bit. Rover actually published an article that I'm going to be referencing that brought to light some issues around these like green earth friendly quote unquote bags. And it's essentially that biodegradable is a very loose word. There's not a lot of strict backing or guidelines. I think that this is interesting because if a product says it's biodegradable, consumers like yourself, like myself, if I was personally a dog owner, would probably think that it's just gonna break down in the trash or I could put it in a compost bin. Not all green dog poop bags actually degrade very quickly, if at all, and they're not all very safe to put into compost bins, according to standards that are set in place by the ASTM, which is essentially an organization that seems to define or set guidelines on some of that eco-friendly vocabulary. The poop bags that best meet these more strict guidelines set aside by the ASTM are bags that can actually be composted. And one brand that Rover in particular recommends from this article is called Bio Bags. However, if you are planning on composting these poop bags, that suggests that you should have a composter in your backyard. So that's another thing to think about, your personal limitations. If you can't compost your own doggy bags, they're gonna be going to a landfill anyway, or maybe you're just gonna be throwing them in a trash bin along your walk. So you don't necessarily need to be as picky with your brands. In that case, it would just be best to reuse a plastic bag that you've already gotten from a store. It's just laying around your house, under your sink, whatever. And you are cutting down on the amount of bags that you are consuming overall. I do have to mention, I got an email a few months ago from a listener, Erin, about zero waste doggy bags. I'm going to read her email because I think that she explains the product really, really well. Basically, Erin is talking about a reusable nylon bag that she uses for both of her dogs. She has a small chihuahua and a medium-sized basset hound. She says it's a really great zero-waste swap to be using this nylon bag because her dogs are producing a lot of waste. She uses the bag to very carefully pick up poop on the walks around her neighborhood or the yard. When she gets home, she flushes the dog waste down her own toilet. She also acknowledges you can't do that in all areas, all townships, but in her particular one, it's accepted. She then washes the bag with a hose and environmental soap outside. 
be forewarned, this is not for the germaphobes among us. They can also be bleached in a washer for extra sanitizing. I hope this helps other pet parents out there that want to become more zero waste. Erin, thank you so much for sharing that. I thought that was such an interesting tidbit, and she did send me a link to the particular nylon bags that she's talking about, and I'll leave them in the show notes. I think that's actually a really interesting little thing to just be aware of that it exists. It's not for everyone, like she mentioned, but if it's for you, maybe it's something you want to try out. Now let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about household items. So this is going to be like toys and pet beds. My friend Liz actually responded to this Insta story about pets and acknowledges that she does not want people to be throwing away toys at the first rip or tear, that it's very often to just fix a toy or a bed most of the time, but it ends up in a landfill. So I think that this is a really good point that you can think about the same concept of repairing and refurbishing a particular item when it comes to your pet that you would be using for your own items. I also think it's really awesome to be talking about not throwing things away at their first rip just to be replacing them after you're sending that item to a landfill. Basically, don't jump at every opportunity to buy your dog something cute and seasonal. I don't know who needs to hear this, but your dog does not need a new bed every single time you walk into TJ Maxx. This is another opportunity for you to practice quality over quantity. You could invest in a nicer pet bed that's going to last your dog for years. My friend Annie suggested Serta pet beds. The Serta pet beds are filled with a foam that is Certi Per certified, which I looked into and basically just means it doesn't have any ozone depleters in the foam itself. So it claims to be a lot safer for pets and for people health-wise and also for the environment longer term when it does eventually get used up. So I thought this is a really great idea for you to just be thinking about buying something nicer that's going to last for years, the same way that you would be thinking about buying a really nice pair of pants as opposed to something fast fashion or whatever it may be in your personal life. Be applying those concepts to your pets as well. The last big topic I want to talk about is food. Let's address the tomato in the room. Should your dog be a vegetarian? We've talked about the impacts of animal products on humans. People go vegetarian or vegan for health reasons, for animal rights reasons, for environmental reasons, and it seems like that's the logic that you should be applying to your dog's diet too. Because I am not a veterinarian, I have scoped the internet high and low for an answer to whether or not dogs should be vegetarians. This was a question that actually came up a lot when I said I wanted to learn more about pets and sustainability. Basically, there is nothing wrong with either option. Dogs can be perfectly healthy on a vegetarian diet. According to PetMD.com, the canine body has the ability to transform certain amino acids into other amino acids, meaning that dogs can get all of the amino acids they need while avoiding meat or other animal-derived products. I thought this was really, really interesting because kind of the same way that you would be maybe occasionally avoiding meat in your personal diet, you can do that with your dog too. It doesn't have to be like all the time your dog's a vegetarian or whatever it may be. They could be perfectly happy with a little bit of vegetarian variety, vegetarian tendencies. Listener Becca recommends natural balance vegetarian dog food if you are looking to try this out. If you are looking to maybe reduce your dog's food impacts in other ways, you can definitely think about getting your treats locally, and that's going to be reducing that plastic packaging around the treats, ideally, if you're buying them maybe at a farmer's market with your own packaging, 
or it's going to at least be reducing the carbon footprint of those trees to get to you because they are being sourced locally. They're not traveling super far from a factory. And you can also think about maybe feeding your dogs raw or DIY dog food. So this idea did not occur to me until I read Haley Duff's cookbook. If anyone remembers that, I was a senior in high school when it came out. She has this recipe called Bentley's Blend, which is something that she made for her dog that she claimed like helped him through some sickness that he had. I am obviously not endorsing these dog claims. Again, I'm not a veterinarian, but it's definitely a nice idea to maybe batch cook your dog food and meal prep it like you would for yourself. Definitely, of course, double check any food restrictions. I feel like her recipe was something really, really simple. It was like no seasonings, rice, shredded chicken, a couple of different vegetables. Making your own dog food does reduce packaging, assuming that you can buy these ingredients package-free, and it's most likely a cleaner eating option versus processed dog food. Of course, this isn't super feasible for everyone all the time, especially if you are thinking about the time commitment, but it's definitely a good option if it's like every once in a while, if it's a holiday, if maybe like your dog really likes something like pumpkin-y now that it's the fall, whatever it may be. There are some really great straightforward recipes for DIY dog treats as well that you can make just with peanut butter and a couple of different ingredients like oats that dogs are going to really enjoy. I feel like we covered a lot of really big topics. We talked about poop bags, we talked about household items, so toys pet beds, and then also food. Maybe some of these were new ideas and maybe some of them were things that you were already kind of thinking about as a pet owner, but I hope that I gave you a little bit of food for thought. The way I see it, a lot of people treat their animals like they would their children, and especially if you're young and this is like your first time really taking care of something, it makes sense to kind of take those motherly quote-unquote instincts of just making sure that you are practicing what you preach and making decisions for your pet or your child that you would personally advocate for, ways that you would want to live your life, and values that really align with yourself. So definitely think a little bit about some of the tips that we gave today. If you have any additional ones, I would love to hear from it, and I would love to share it with the audience. Thank you to everyone who sent in little tips and insights on how they personally take care of their pets in a very environmentally conscious way. I appreciate all of you so much and make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review. I really appreciate it. Definitely come chat with me on Instagram at EcoChicPodcast and my personal page at Laura E. Diaz. Both are always in the show notes. And I really, really look forward to talking to you guys next week.